0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We're getting ready to,
1: as a church, head into a new season. And every time as we do that, we want to take a few moments to really help draw your heart into these things that God has been doing in us and through us as a church family. And this is one of those season changes for us. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, But before we do that, I want to to just pause for a moment and for us um, to reflect on the things that God has brought us through over these past about six months. It has been a really interesting time for our world. It's been a crazy time for your families. It's been a wild time for us as a church as we've processed through COVID and gathering back together and what those things look like. And for those of you that are joining us online, just what that experience is for us. God has been doing some really extraordinary things in our hearts and lives as a church family. How many of you know the world didn't just go on pause when COVID hit? Some of us would have liked that a little bit better, right? But it didn't. And our lives are still moving. We're still learning how to be in relationship together. We're learning how to grow our relationship with God. And and God has been so faithful to lead us in this previous season. He's going to continue to be faithful to lead us as we go forward. And I'm just so grateful how he brought us into this new year with fasting and some prayer. And then we led into this, that freedom series that we were a part of as a church family. and Just God doing some things in our lives that has drawn us exactly what we've talked about today, closer to Him. And I just want to remind you, we are all participants in what God is doing in our lives. He never forces anything on us, but He invites us into this amazing work that He's doing. And we're getting ready to move into a season now of helping us learn how to process the challenging things that we face in life and the warfare that surrounds us because of the nature of being part of the body of Christ. And so I just want to invite you in these upcoming weeks here, we're going to be doing a lot of teaching throughout Scripture on what this looks like to be a part of a forcefully advancing kingdom, to be people who understand that there is stuff going on in our lives that is not easy and difficult, and it's not always just because you ate bad pizza. Right. Sometimes it's because there's just some stuff happening around you. And so we want you to to just join with us as we enter into this new season of digging into Scripture and letting God lead us into some new spaces
0: for us in life, right? Yeah, and I think as we step into the season, this season we're going to call it Let's Go. Here we go. (laughs) Now it's been set every time, every time. I'm expecting this now. Let's go. There it is. There it is. Some of people have some really <laughs> bewildered look on their faces. It's okay to have fun in church. It really is. I promise. Jesus is smiling. Uh, it's, it's, when we step into these seasons, I think it's interesting. You know, we, So much freedom was experienced in, in this past season and so, much thing, so many things that we dealt with with God and processed through. But I think it's interesting that as we step now into, I would say, a little bit more of an offensive position. Right where we're now stepping into, like we talked about before, with champion and and, and the theme of the morning, as we step into understanding the victory of Christ, there is expected opposition to our lives, and and this is this, this isn't really encouraging, except to know that. Whenever you take steps of advancement to attaching yourself with the kingdom of God, you will expect opposition. And you will experience opposition. And it will come in the form of oppression. It will come in the form of contention in your relationships. It will come in the form of disunity that you would experience in spaces of your life. And we should not be surprised when we go on the offensive that that's there. In fact, I would say this. You can almost use it as a measurement to say if you feel the enemy coming against your life, it's probably actually a good sign. And the reason I say that is because the enemy doesn't go after people that he's not threatened by. Yeah, come on. If you're living a life and you're like, wow, life's really easy right now and not a whole lot's happening and. You probably have to ask yourself, are you engaged in what God wants you to be engaged with? When you face the enemy coming, he is going to attack you because he does not like what God's doing in your life. And so for us to understand that as we, as we step into the offensive, it's okay. And it actually can make us feel a little bit like, "Ooh, we're on the right track. The enemy doesn't like what's going on. If he comes against your life, it's because he doesn't like what God's doing in you. If he comes up against our church, he doesn't. It's because he doesn't like what's happening at River Valley. So we know this as we go on the offensive, and to understand this is what it means to be spiritually aware. The enemy does attack, and what that means. It doesn't mean the enemy has power over you. The victory is won, yeah. but it very much means that he's going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Where he feels threatened the most is where he's going to attack the most.
1: Yeah, we've been talking a lot about this. Just. For each one of us in the reality of our lives. And we're, we're going to get really practical in this series. I just want to make that clear to you. As we get into scripture, we're going to get really practical about this. But, but what does that look like in our life? What does it feel like? I just, I'm going to be super transparent with you this morning. As we've been preparing for this series, I have felt the warfare around my life. Around my emotional health. Around my relational health. You can ask my family. Around our home life. And here's, here's what I want you to understand. Jason said it well. We should not be surprised by those things in our life. Right. We should not be like, wow, why? Because there's this reality, and we're going to talk about Jesus' words here in just a second. But there's this reality as we are processing through this life that we're living in, you will face opposition. I have felt it from the beginning. I woke up Monday morning and just felt, anybody ever felt like just like, 10,000 pounds pressing down on you. Anybody in the room with me, or is it just me? Okay. Man, I woke up Monday morning after Easter and just felt this crazy heaviness came. We did our staff meeting. We were praying together. I was doing everything that I knew to do on Monday to say, Lord, what is happening here? I went to bed early Monday night. How many of you know going to bed always makes it better? (laughs) Unless you can't sleep. (laughs) So I woke up Tuesday morning. I was like, man, God, what is... God, I need your help. I need to know what's going on here. And Tuesdays are my study and prayer days are the days that I prepare for our messages. And for about the first hour and a half, I just laid literally on the floor of our home and just let worship music play around me. me. And I was like, Lord, you've got to do something to me. I do not like this feel. I texted our elders group and said, gentlemen, will you guys be praying for me? I'm just feeling this tension, this opposition. I'm feeling it tangibly around me, my emo- I just felt like I was frustrated, I was annoyed, I was angry, I was feeling every spectrum of every bad thing that you could. I was feeling in that moment. And as I just knew, as I did the things I knew to do to draw near to him, as I engaged people in my life and just shared with, man, this is not a good day for Tim. I'm just, this is not a good day for him. As I began to honestly just Approach that space of my life, God met me in such a sweet way and has been walking with me this week through the battle. And here's what I want you to know. Just because you do all the right things does not mean the battle goes away. It just means you know that you're not alone in the middle of it and that you, he will see you through it. And that's what I've experienced this week. Every conversation I've been, I've met with tons of my, just the the fellows that I hang out with during the week. Jennifer and I were talking Thursday night as we're taping off this area to get painted, just about the reality of the warfare that we're experiencing and feeling. And there's something really beautiful about being to look at another person and say, I'm struggling too, but I know my God is faithful. Right? Right? And so we're going to learn all about that over these next few weeks as we discuss this place. But here's what I want to remind you. Jesus told you that it was going to be challenging. Yeah, that's right. yeah. so you're like, wait a minute. Where's the encouraging word in what's coming today? It's coming, I promise. But Jesus told you and I it was going to be challenging. In John 16, Jesus said this, I have told you all this. And I just want to, if I could look everyone in the face, I just want to speak to you, Jesus has told you this. So when Jesus tells you something, I want to remind you, it's really good to listen to what he's saying. Because he doesn't just say things to say things. He's saying them to prepare us. So he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Yeah. There, it seems really ironic that Jesus would say, I want you to have peace in me when warfare is going on around your life. Right? This was the whole reason he said it. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Congratulations. <laughs> Right? Like, come on. There's going to be some really hard things. This is Jesus speaking to you. You're going to face hard challenges. Things that you don't even understand why. Like, why did this happen to happen? To, why did my son's transmission go out on his car this week, God? Right? Anybody ever been in that boat. Uh, why, why did I have that conversation with that person this week and I feel so whole, like What? Because you will have many trials and sorrows. That's the reality of the pain of the world that we live in because of the effects of sin. I just don't want anybody to be surprised in this room. But Jesus goes on to say, but take heart. Come on come on. Come on now, build your faith, be encouraged, take heart. Yeah. Jesus said, because I have overcome the world. That's the place that we get to fight from today, no matter what your emotions are telling you. And believe me, my emotions have been all over the place this week. And I'm not a super emotional guy, but it's been a rough one, okay? No matter what your emotions are telling you, no matter what your bank account is telling you, no matter what your mechanic is telling you, come on, take heart because he's overcome. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. That's right.
1: No matter what your physical body is, I man, I know there's people that are watching online right now, and they're wrestling through sickness. We are praying with you. Take heart. Some of you that are in this room right now, and you got some stuff that you're about ready to face or you are facing, yeah. I just want to speak the words of Jesus over you. Take heart. Yeah. take heart. He already overcame this, okay? If he's overcome it, that means we get to live in the victory of it with him. And so we're going to step into this series, and I'm asking you to get into your Bibles with us. I want to challenge you to take some notes over these next weeks as we're walking through this space of what it really means to live in the victory of what God has for us. So, so church, let's go. Come on. we try that one more time. Church, let's go. All right. Because we're going to lean into all that God has for us because he has some amazing things as we get started into the space. And, and right along with
0: that, I would say this. Um, the, the sections of Scripture that we're going to really be focusing on over these next few weeks is Ephesians 6 and Joshua 1, 2, and 3. And I would actually encourage you, Make it part of your devotional time during the week. Make it part of your reading to start reading through, to start processing through those sections of scripture, because what it'll do is it'll allow you to be ready as you come in here on Sundays, your spirit will be prepped because the word is already in you, right? So Ephesians 6, Joshua 1, 2, and 3, be studying it, be reading it. That's what we're going to be preaching about. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, All right. Jesus, he made some very emphatic statements about his purpose, the posture of the kingdom of heaven, and the authority given to us through the victory of Christ. He said some very, very specific things, and this, this is what it is, is that the posture of the kingdom of heaven is one that is actively advancing by force. I want you to think about this. The kingdom of heaven is actively advancing by force. Matthew 11 says this in verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? It means very simply that those who go after the kingdom, those who actively pursue the kingdom of God will grab a hold of it. So what Jesus is saying is, listen, (laughs) the kingdom of heaven is moving. Are you? Yeah. Right, yeah. Let's go.
1: He loves this. It's, I'm just telling you. It's you're, the, you're the kids pastor out coming of out <laughs> in the next few weeks. When we think about the kingdom of God, oftentimes we have some really funny pictures in our head that really aren't even biblical. And what Jesus told here is we're forcefully advancing this. This kingdom is forcefully advancing. So let me paint it to you in, in a picture. And some of you may have, may have heard this illustration before. That the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ, can you throw that picture up for us, Amanda? It's really depicted in in a very distinct way. Many of us think that the kingdom of God and the church is on the left-hand side here. How many of you enjoy cruises? I personally have never been on one, but I hear you get to eat lots of food and do a whole lot of nothing. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty great. Sounds (laughs) amazing. Sounds amazing. But many of us view Christianity this way. We get saved Jesus comes into our life. He starts healing us of our broken stuff. And man, we are just cruising to heaven. Getting fat. Come on now, <laughs> getting fat. Come on now. Like this, in reality, this is really the mindset of the majority of the American church. And I'm picking on us a little bit here, but we need, some, we need some poking and prodding. But what Jesus described the church as and the forcefully advancing kingdom is this other ship on the other side over here. Come on. It's a battleship. The church was designed, you were designed, because remember, you're the church, you were designed for warfare, not to go on cruises. I'm not saying don't go on vacation, people. That, don't, don't read that into what I'm talking about here. You need vacation, believe me. But what I'm saying is the church is a forcefully advancing people, and there's a very specific purpose to what we're supposed to be doing as that force. We're, we're, not, we're not to just kick our heels up and, and ride this out until we get to heaven. You can do that. It's just going to be a really bumpy ride for you. Right. And the problem is, is many of us need a mindset change when it comes to Christianity. Right. When it comes to being a follower of Jesus. Most of us just want to do our day-to-day life, not have anybody bother us, enjoy all the things that we get to in this life, and get to the end of it, or just make it to the end of this thing, Right? <laughs> That was never what Jesus designed for the church. He de- designed for us to live in exactly what
0: he modeled for us when it came to this forcefully advancing force, right? And the word force, I would just say, this is not like a negative, doesn't have a negative connotation to it. Sometimes we think force, like forcefully taking something. No, the word force actually is grounded and it's, it's, it's full of love. Because a lot of times we think like God is full of love. How is this word force attached with love? The force that we're talking about to forcefully go after the kingdom is one that is rooted in the love of Christ. They are not void of each other. They are both at the same time. And uh, there's a a commentator who who said it this way when he was talking about Matthew 11. I really like this. It says that the kingdom is making great strides and now is time for courageous souls, forceful people to take hold of it. In other words, if you sit by, you miss out. We can't do that. We can't afford to just step into, well, I read my Bible a couple times this week. Oh, that worship song is really good. We can't afford to just cruise. I got this picture as I was just praying through and reading through this of a freight train. And if you think about the kingdom of heaven as a freight train, it is going and it ain't stopping for nothing, right? There's nothing that can stop a freight train. And the question that we have to ask ourselves, are we the old Western, the guy on the horse who's going at full speed, who's going to jump onto the train? Or are we going to be the guy that's standing on the side going, well, there goes the train? Because make no no mistake, the kingdom of heaven is not going to wait for us. God wants us to be a part of his kingdom that's advancing. And he says, listen, if you want to be part of the kingdom, which I want you to be part of the kingdom advancing, there's movement that you got to put in. There's a place that you have to go. There's a position and a posture that you have to have in your life to go after the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, so good.
1: So many times with us in this place of engaging with what God's doing in the kingdom of God, Uh, oftentimes we feel like it's our strength and ability that is making that happen. So today what we want to do is we want to set the groundwork for how the kingdom of God advances, not only just when we're thinking about what's going on in our city, in our world, but I really want you to personalize this in your life. How is the kingdom of God advancing both in you and through you as you are walking out your faith in Christ, as you're living in community, as you're... It's red. That's bad. I'll get you some batteries. Thanks. Um, as you're dealing with, I mean, you know, weird things happen. Come on now. It's just <laughs> um, there's this reality that we're we're working with in our lives that we are learning how to live our lives with a kingdom mentality and understand that's that's really what this series is going to be all about for us. I want you to go with me if you would in your Bibles to Second Timothy, chapter one. And this really summarizes us for us really well what this looks like and really the foundation that we're building off in our lives. Because, again, I want to remind you, it is not your strength that will get you through the difficult seasons of life. Tried that, failed miserably at it. Don't encourage it for you. There's this reality that we think that we can power our way through this stuff and what we begin to experience in those moments is really the defeat. But what Jesus wants us to walk in is the victory. So let me read with, with you Second Timothy 1, 9 and 10. And, and let's just see what, what God paints this picture for us. It says, for God saved us. Can I just put a period right there? Amen. Amen. He, he did that work. Yeah. Not you going to church. Not you jumping online and watching. He does the work of saving. Oh, period. I, I, that, that is the beautiful message of the gospel. There's nothing you add to that. We can't take anything away from it. He is the one who saves us and calls us to live a holy life, a life that follows after his direction in us. He did this not because we deserved it. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. I didn't deserve it. Knowing most of you, you didn't deserve it. Come on now. Drew's giving me the stink eye, but come on, Drew. It's real. Right? Like, there's this... Re- we didn't deserve it, people. In His mercy, He came to us. He goes on to say, not because we deserve it, but, but, but because that was His plan from the beginning of time. God's plan from the beginning of time was to save you and to call you. Yeah. To save you from your brokenness and to call you into a new life and a family to be a part of what He's doing. To show us His grace through whom? Christ Jesus. We experience all that we just talked about through a singular person, Jesus Christ. And now He has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Just in case you didn't get it in the first sentence, He does the saving, and He saved us through the Savior, Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to hear that this morning. You you haven't done anything. He's done all of the work to do the saving in your life. And then I love this. Listen to these words. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. I want to reiterate some things right there. He broke the power of death. Not just saved you for eternity, but he destroyed the power that death had in your life and in mine because of this thing called sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, right? So God did an eternal work for you by, through Jesus Christ to destroy the power of death, to give you victory over the devil. 1 John 3 8 says it best right here about Jesus' mission for your life and in mine and for the world that we live in. Here's what it says. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Remember that battleship we were talking about beforehand? That is the church and that Jesus is the captain of that battleship. And he's saying, listen, we got some work to do. The devil has come to destroy people's lives. And Jesus said, I want to make very clear, I am here to destroy the works of the devil, to completely obliterate him. And the gospel is the foundation that we stand on in authority to destroy the works, not only in our lives, but in the communities that we live in, with our neighbors, when we see divorce, or brokenness in their home. Jesus came to bring wholeness to that place, that environment. Your workplace where you're sitting down with, with a, somebody and their spouse has been unfaithful. Can I tell you, that's the work of the devil. And Jesus came to destroy that work both in their lives and through your life for them. And we could put a litany of things in that space. Abuse, rejection, abandonment, all the things that the devil has done in your life and in the people around you to try and create separation between you and God, Jesus came to destroy the power of that and to draw people to himself. Church, I don't know about you, but that's good news. That is the message of the gospel. And that's what we build our foundation on when it comes to the authority that we walk in in this life and and to come against the works of the enemy in our lives.
0: And I love that not only has he won the victory, but he's also given us the authority to wage war here and now. Yeah. And this is this is a beautiful picture. This is so cool. In Matthew sixteen, Matthew sixteen is where Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he's asking them, "Hey, who do people say that I am?" And they were given all kinds of answers. And G- and Peter gives the response where it was one of those clear headed wow peter moments um, peter didn't have very many he didn't have any of those so he had to take him them, when you was get them. On but when he when he gave this moment he said no you are you are the christ you're the son of god and then jesus says this in verse 18 now i say to you that you are peter which means rock and upon this rock the truth of what peter said i will build my church and all the power of hell will not be able to conquer it yeah. and verse 19 i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So the starting point of this whole life that we're stepping into, this this active, this forward facing, this life filled with movement, is grounded on the fact that the, the foundation of the fact that the battle has already been won, the victory has already been won in Christ. And when we wage war against the enemy, when the enemy attacks, he has given us authority against the enemy here. Yeah. It's good. He's given us both. Isn't that cool? The, the battle's won. That's not even up for question. And he's giving us everything we need to go against the enemy right here and now. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I, I think that that's just an incredible thing. And so that's what this whole lifestyle looks like, is to live a lifestyle of a victor. Battling the works of the enemy by bringing the good news. That is how we battle the enemy. You bring the good news. The good news is the only thing that can come up against the enemy. The good news, the gospel.
1: So if Jesus won, and we get to live in the victory of that, then let's let's take this into the practical space for us, right? So first step... In any battle, first step in this process for us is we got, we got to know who our enemy is. Is everybody clear on who that is? I, hey, I'm just asking because I, I want to be clear, right? There's a devil out. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy, and that includes you, your family, and everybody around you. So we know who our enemy is, but we also know that our enemy is defeated because of the work of the cross. We know that. So we get to live in that. And then there's this reality for us that, that when we get into the battle, if we get our eyes on the battle itself, we've already lost right. that particular battle. Right. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, who's already won the battle for us, that's how we get through this. And, and the reality of it is too many times, and I, I'll just tell you right now, I do this all too often. I put my eyes on circumstances rather than my victor. I put my eyes on financial difficulties or relational difficulties, and I don't lift my eyes up to see my champion. And in order for us to set any groundwork for how we are going to walk forward in victory and how Ephesians chapter 6 and Joshua 1 even apply to our lives, we have to live out of the place first and foremost that Jesus Was enough. That Jesus is enough. And Hebrews 12, Jason read it this morning. I just want to read it one more time so you have the right context for it. Because many of you are coming out of a season where you've experienced some freedom in your life. God illuminated some things for you, God made some things happen in your life, and now you're beginning to live in a new freedom in your life. But can I tell you, the enemy wants that ground back. Not only does he want that back, but he wants to take you deeper and further. Hebrews 12.1 says it, therefore, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, and I want to remind you, this is all of heaven standing up watching your life and mine right now, and they're cheering for you to finish this race well. They're cheering for you to not be in the middle of the battle having a picnic, They're cheering for you to be aware of what's going on around you and surroundings and not go, well, I'm just going to make it through life. No, no, they're they're saying, finish this race strong. Don't just sit there and just passively go. You are called by God to advance the kingdom of God through your life, through your family, through your workplace, through your school, wherever you find yourself at, you were called to advance. And that's what this crowd of witnesses is cheering you on. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Anything. doesn't matter what. If your perspective is in the wrong place, it's a weight that's dragging you backwards. If you're hanging out with people who are constantly pouring negativity into your life, you need to strip that thing off and find some new friends. Church, hello? If you're more worried about your finances than you are about being generous... I want to challenge you. There's a weight upon your life because God has a better way for you. That's what this is saying. Strip off everything. Freedom, especially the sin that so easily trips you up. Those little things in your life that just constantly are nagging at you and sucking life from you, cut those things off. Be done with them, right? And it leads us and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this. How do you run? How do you win the battle? Jason said it this morning. I'm going to read it to you again. Nice thing about it. in your Bible. You can read it anytime you want. Like tomorrow would be a good time. Come on. Why are we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects your faith? How do you win battles in your life? You don't look at the battle. You look at your champion. How do you win the battles in your marriage? You don't look at your... Jason's not my spouse. You don't look at your... My spouse isn't in here. She's playing with kids. She's having way more fun. You, you don't look at your spouse. You look at Jesus. You say, Jesus, how do, how do we navigate these difficult waters in our marriage? You're looking at your spouse and you're going, this is impossible. You look in the mirror and you go, this is impossible. But when you get your eyes up to Jesus, the Word of God says... All things are possible. Come on, how we win battles is not by focusing on ourselves or our spouse or the difficult relationship or the difficulty that we're having at work. We lift our eyes up and we're reminded, remember, he's building your faith, the author and perfecter of your faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. The advocate for you is the one who sits in heaven right now beside the Father saying, listening. He's interceding over your life. He's saying, Tim, you can make it through this week. I know it's been difficult, little fella. You know, like, I, he doesn't belittle us that way, but sometimes he needs to for me because I'm just ridiculous. Right? But there's this reality that he's in heaven saying, hey, I'm interceding over you. If you'll just look to me, I have the way for you to move through this space of life, and it's by getting our eyes up on Him. You Listen to me. You will never win any battles in your life looking at the battle. You will never win any victories in your life by looking down. You will only find the place of victory in your life when you look to the victor, the champion in your life, and that will help you navigate these challenging waters of life that we are in.
0: Uh, and just... Uh, I I love this whole thing. It's a perspective shift in our life. And the one thing that I'll add, just as we're getting ready to conclude, this is not haphazard. Fixing our eyes on our champion is not something that just naturally happens because you're a Christian. It is something that we have to make daily decisions in order to posture ourselves and fix our eyes on him. It takes action. It takes movement. It takes intentionality, right? It takes us not just saying... Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. No, we actually go to it. And, and I would just say this, and we're going to talk about this more, but just in a practical sense, make Jesus. A big, huge part of keeping your eyes on Jesus instead of the battle is make him the first part of your day. When you wake up in the morning, before you grab your phone, before you grab anything else, is to fix your eyes on Jesus first and foremost. And, and I'm just going to say it this way because I know this in my own life. That takes preparation. When I wake up at 5 in the morning and I stumble around the house in the dark because I'm half asleep, I need to know I've set out my Bible. <laughs> i set out my journal. All my stuff's ready for me so that I can sit down and actually focus on him. Guys, this is, this is something as we fix our eyes on Jesus. This is an invitation. And, and, and this is the beautiful thing about Jesus We go to war by fixing our eyes on him, but it all is birthed out of an invitation to know him more. And that's what the morning is all about. That's what these times where we get to just refocus our attention and we get to fix our minds on him. This is what this intentionality does. It connects our heart to his. And as we do that, everything else we sing, the the, the hymn says it so well. And the things of earth will will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And this is, this is the beauty of what happens when we fix our eyes on Jesus. So where are we
1: finished today? Just a, a recap moment for us, right? We're in a battle. Yeah. Church, we were built for that. Jesus made that declaration that the gates of hell would not prevail, right? There's this reality that some of us just need to make a mind shift today that right, I'm not on the cruise ship. I mean, I've, I've been on the cruise ship, and that's been kind of fun. I've been a little plump. But like, like there's actually purpose to my life. There's purpose to why you've been saved. There's purpose to why you're connected to a local church. There's purpose to your life, and, and we've got to live out of that place. and And the way that we win the battles that are in front of us is first and foremost by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And maybe there's some of you that are here today that... That have never even began a relationship with Jesus. And I, can I just tell you, He makes that door so open for us. You know, we talked today about Him being willing to go to the cross because of the joy that was set before Him. Well, there's, there's maybe somebody here today that's never began a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that it begins simply with a conversation with Him. And that conversation is very simple It's Jesus, I need you. I've sinned, I'm broken. And I know that you are the one that went to the cross to pay for my sins. And Jesus, I just invite you to come and be Lord of my life. Maybe there's somebody that's watching online today, and that's you. You just recognize you haven't began a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, I want to just pray for us here. And For those of you that have, are walking in relationship with Jesus, I just want you to join with me in this prayer. But we always want to give opportunity for hearts to be turned to Christ in relationship with him. Now we're going to jump into a moment here of just discussion together. But let's, let's take this moment. I just want you to join me in this prayer as we set our hearts on Jesus first and foremost. Jesus, we just recognize how much we need you. Lord, those of us who are walking with you, and maybe today those of us who are beginning that journey or conversation with you for the first time. And Jesus, we just acknowledge each one of us have sinned. And, Lord, we need the sacrifice that you did on the cross of your life for our sin, Lord, to be covered and whole. And, Jesus, today we just receive that into our lives. Lord, we we acknowledge, Lord Jesus, there's nothing that we can do on our own but to put our faith and trust in you. And, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that the work that you did on the cross is a completed work. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to strive in that. And, Lord, today we just turn our whole hearts and lives over to you. Lord, that you would guide and direct us. Lord, that you would teach us how to follow you, how to know you. Lord, that you would teach us, Jesus, what it means to be a friend of yours, to walk in relationship with you. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, that as we, uh, Lord, just transition this time, God, Lord, that our hearts and our eyes would be fixed on you. Jesus, today, we just say we love you. We're so thankful, Lord, that you've drawn us to yourself. Lord, we thank you for that work. And, God, today, Lord, we just receive it wholeheartedly to the best of our knowledge, to the best of our ability. Lord Jesus, we just say yes to you and all that you want to do in our lives. In your precious name, amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.